Welcome to Destinations by Design. Prepare to dive into the biggest events, weddings, and design feats here in Las Vegas and beyond. Here's your host, Zachary Green. On this episode of Destinations by Design, we're continuing our conversation on sustainability. And today's show will look at more sustainable practices as they pertain to live event companies like ours, Destinations by Design. As we explore themes of sustainability, we'll also explore ways to incorporate these practices into our relationships with employees, vendors, customers, and the overall community. That's what's happening right now on Destinations by Design. And joining us for today's show, we have again, Harvey Stern, the CEO of Destinations by Design. Harvey, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here again. And we also have Connie Barlow. She is a strategic planning manager with Destinations by Design. Connie, it's a pleasure. Thank you. I want to start off our conversation today just by briefly re-exploring the definition of sustainability and more so as that pertains to live events and live event companies. Sure. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we look at it in three different, three different buckets, environmental, which is the traditional reduce, reuse, recycle, and then social. How does that affect our employees? our customers, our community that we live and work in, and then the economics. You know, the thing about sustainability is it it has to be a best practice f- for the business. It can't be outside the business as a separate driver. It's got to become part of it so that the benefits are what happens, but it's still a business decision to do it. Connie, can you briefly talk to me about what a strategic planning manager does and what your thoughts are on sustainability? So strategic planning is, is looking at the the big picture holistically. Where do we want to go? How do we want to get there? And how are we going to get there? Then breaking it down into smaller and smaller components until you have components that are achievable. And then you achieve those components and you build up to the next component and building it all back up until you're at the point where you have achieved that goal. And it's kind of interesting just to point out that Connie does a great job at keeping the strategies in in line, which is in itself a sustainability decision because otherwise you lose momentum and things don't happen. We don't continue. So when you talk about from a economics or, you know, a business decision, having someone manage the strategic needs of the company is truly a sustainability of the company's decision and direction. So for a maybe smaller live events company that is listening to this podcast and they don't have a strategic planning person on their team, what value does that really bring to the company? And and why is it something maybe to consider down the line as they start to grow and get bigger? The reason we hired Connie into that position is you need someone to focus on the big picture. You need someone to look at the strategies. You know, often we kind of figure out what the strategy is. We don't want our strategic manager to actually be involved in every tactic and every step of providing that outcome. I think that you need a person who's going to stay above the actual tactics of doing the, the strategy and make sure you stay focused on the strategy. And that could be anyone, could be everyone. But often what I find is, you know, we may talk about it, but we don't move it forward. 
So you need someone to focus that movement to keep it moving forward. If a company doesn't have somebody, if they don't have the luxury of having somebody in that role, that those that are in leadership in that company need to be strategically thinking. You'll always be in reaction mode if you are not strategically thinking. And if you have goals for your company, you will never reach them if you are not strategically thinking about how you're going to get to those goals. So my advice for the smaller out company that, again, doesn't have the luxury of having somebody specifically in that role is to think strategically about where you want to go using the same methodology. Break it down. Is that too too big of a thing to tackle? Break it down smaller. You break it down until you get to a size that is manageable and you do the manageable pieces and then you build it all back up again. And, and as I say, you know, if you think of this in terms of, again, sustainability, a company wants to sustain its position in the marketplace and, and even grow you need to have someone thinking about the future. So in, in Connie's position and as strategic project manager, it's not to worry about the operation going on at the moment. We've taken her out of the current and really put her into the future. How do we achieve what's going to happen next? And if anything, there's always going to be a lot of resistance to change. Change creates sustainability. Sustainability, again, is an economic outcome of the company if done right. So this all becomes, I think, part of the, of the overall look. And sustainability is as much about sustaining the, the company direction, the company profitability. And you can sustain yourself in the current if you're going to go into the future. You must change and you must grow. And you must have that mindset is what I would leave. Now, I want to transition the conversation a little bit to market drivers, this was something that Connie brought to my attention, but as it pertains to live events and entertainment space, what are market drivers? The ultimate consumer, the attendee of the event, it matters to them. They don't want to go to a festival and leave the festival and see trash everywhere. They want to be able to recycle their water bottle at the end of the program. The main market driver is your attendee and the attendees want this. Beyond that, the meeting owner, or I should say the event owner, they have a company reputation and they are interacting with their attendees and want to have that to fill that need that an attendee wants in the meeting. And that meeting owner is pushing the meeting planner. Okay. And the meeting planner is the person who's boots on the ground, who is planning all the details of the meeting. And that is who we DBD are interacting with to plan what we're going to do for their event. And so the meeting owner is pushing the meeting planner or event planner, and the event planner is interacting with us. And the two of us together are going to meet the goals of the meeting owner and the attendee. And we're having a conversation on sustainability and more so the impacts of that as it pertains to market drivers. I want to know about some of the different sustainability goals that maybe DBD keeps in mind when you're creating a specific event for a client. I think that a lot of our clients have sustainability as one benchmark to achieve, but how we're going to get there varies, you know, in, in, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, but we have a very large rental 
capacity of this business. So by reusing furniture, by reusing tables, by reusing linens and not being disposable with, with some of this, you know, these items, it's a great way to be sustainable. Now, how you get it there? You know, we have a 130,000 square foot warehouse that houses all this. We have to bring it to the site. So, you know, you have clients that are worrying about the carbon footprint. How many trucks are you going to be delivering? So you, you might have a rental program, which is linens, tables, chairs, walls, but maximizing or minimizing the number of trucks to, to minimize carbon footprint might be important to the client. Hmm. And being able to reuse certain products again and again over the years is, I think, an important part of sustainability. But then you have a part where everything gets wrapped in plastic. You know, everything that is, is sent is the coverings are, dis are disposable. So there's different parts to look at. There's different, there's different levels to look at what, you know, not only what the client wants to achieve, but how you do business. And we talk about this in one of our other podcast episodes when we discussed taking that plastic, maybe making covers for different like furnitures and different chairs. I want to expand a little more on this idea of transportation and maybe Connie, you can talk to us a little bit because we, we also discussed that one of the big problems is that a lot of companies and a lot of clients maybe even feel is it gets expensive to be sustainable. It gets expensive to um, do a different path than what's been done and continues to do. Expensive how? Expensive in money being outlaid or expensive in the impact that you're making on your future, which what is the more expensive item? But I, I, I will speak to the transportation in delivering that you are making your deliveries in a strategic manner so that you are not sending out half empty trucks or you are sending out if you are doing multiple deliveries within a small radius that you are dropping in one place and then mm -hmm. dropping at the other being smart about how you're doing those deliveries. And and that has an economic impact on the company as well with the price of gas these days. Mm -hmm. So the less gas that we are putting into those trucks, more to the bottom line. I'd also like to talk about one of the elements that DBD offers is this destination management. Destination management is moving of people or taking care of the details for your attendees. And we hire a particular outfit here in Las Vegas as much as we can that runs an entirely electric fleet. So using them whenever we can. Most companies these days, we find that their senior executives do not want to travel in a stretch limo or even in a limousine. They would prefer to come in an SUV. Hmm. What a better choice to put them in a luxury electric vehicle than in a gas guzzling SUV. This is their choice that they're telling you guys that this is what we want, or they're telling whoever's well, planning the transportation. They're requesting transportation for their VIPs from the airport to their event. They say they want SUVs. We return to them and say, rather than SUVs, why don't we send them in electric vehicles, luxury electric vehicles? Once you start moving forward with a sustainability practice, is it difficult to go backwards. We start utilizing electric vehicles. Is it hard to go back to, well, we want a limousine or we want this? No, I think it's a great question. And I think it becomes a, a question of the client and the event needs. You always have to start at, at a capacity of what you want to recommend and what would be best, but you have to understand the client's needs. 
So if if the clients want all stretch limousines, we might have recommended electric. We might have recommended other options, but we're going to provide what they what they need as long as you always keep in mind what's best. And that's whether it's sustainability or just event management in general. I think the other part to transportation I was thinking about when Connie was you know giving her examples, which were great, is also in the old days you just have the limousine sitting there waiting for someone to get out of the, the airport. But with technology and availability of knowing where clients are, you can now have a better manifest of arrival and departures. So you're not wasting gasoline or just or time having the cars running. We kind of have a little bit of a better understanding what time flights are arriving. If they're late or not, you can check master lists. So, you know, the, the, the manifest and the technology that supports it becomes more sustainable. But when you have storms and you have everything go awry, you just have to kind of have a backup plan that may take you off the original plan, but you always want to go back and start from there where possible. Now, another kind of factor that we've thought about and I'd like to discuss is renting versus owning and how that is more sustainable, especially in the events space. If you choose to rent your rent your linens, rent your plates and your glassware, et cetera, you are making a more sustainable choice because the other option is you might be buying disposable, but you're able to put on a more elegant event and be sustainable as well. And this is where partnerships come in. You know, I've been in, I had been in the hotel business for several years prior to joining the event side of the business with DBD. And every hotel that I worked in or associated with, while you had linen choices, it was never to the variety that you would need to manage your client's needs. You always had a partner company, a rental company that you would go to for the, that linen that was above the hotel linen because it wasn't possible to sustain that variety of linens in the hotel or in the catering facility. So again, sustainability says part of that, you know, economics is the partnerships with the other properties that we support to have options other than what they may provide as linens, chargers, candles, and all those other elements. So our clients and customers are the event planners. The meeting owners are the people that hire the event planner. And the meeting owner is the one who would be coming with a demand that the event be sustainable or the least amount of carbon footprint possible. Our clients being the meeting planners are being pushed by the meeting owners. And we work together. We work together with these meeting and event planners in mm-hmm. order to reach those sustainability goals that they have been tasked with by their meeting owners. And what are some of the different points of views they have? Whether or not sustainability matters for them. For instance, if you think about a, a large festival and post the festival, there's an incredible amount of trash on the ground. So that's not good PR for the company that put on the festival. So the meeting owner will have a goal that. At the end of this festival, we do not have trash all over the place. So as a meeting planner, how am I going to set this up so that people are able to not throw their trash everywhere? Hmm. So I've got to put the recyclable things where people can easily get to them. And this comes to, I, I love the term nudging, where you make it easy for people to do the thing that they want to do. Because if you're an attendee at an event or in a meeting, you're in an unfamiliar space and you may not know what to do with your water bottle after you're done with it. I see a trash can. I'm just going to throw it in the trash can. Oh, right next to the trash can is the recycle bin. 
I would prefer to put it in a recycle bin because that's who I am. So you make it as easy as possible for people to make the best choices that they can. Yeah, and I, and I think and it's a little, little bit off of the event side of the business, but you, you know when you when sustainability first became very important in the hotel business and in the event side of the hotel business, there were some operations that had twenty seven different garbage cans with twenty seven different you know labels. You you put your newspaper here, you put your bottle here, you put your garbage here, and you had to kind of think about which which pail and which you know which uh, vessel to use. And there were other properties that talked about more in upstream, downstream. So they would take the garbage and then behind the scenes, they would do upscale recycling so that the guests didn't get inconvenienced by the ability to be sustainable and, and recycle. So, you know, things have changed how we do things over time as we become, again, a little bit more mainstream with sustainability. Everyone does some form of sustainability now. Where before it was, it was like, huh, what, what do we want to do? So I think we have to acknowledge that this is part of culture. How now do we make it a better part of culture? How do we take what we've learned and use that going forward? Again, that goes back to strategies. It goes back to understanding business and breaking it down between the three areas. Environmental, social, and economics. I want to talk about the impacts maybe both of you have seen with COVID and how COVID has really taken a toll on sustainability initiatives, or maybe in some sense, it's it's helped to bring to light some things. As we learned more about COVID, it was a moving story. And, you know, initially, the fear of touching something that someone else had touched, the, the necessity of social distancing, all of that impacted the way that when we came back to doing events impacted the way that events were being done. And where initially, I'm going to use an example in food service, prior to sustainability being an issue, you may have received your jelly in a little plastic container, which was then thrown away. As companies or as food service wanted to become more sustainable, they were moving towards no longer using those individual serving packets, then once COVID hit, they had to go back to using the individual so that there wasn't, what I was touching wasn't going to be touched by somebody else. I mean, I certainly would say, well, first of all, you know, we have to we have to agree that the event industry stopped. So COVID put a stop to our business. That wasn't very sustainable, but we did make it through, you know, the, the COVID period of no events. And as events came back, we were still trying to figure out how to do events safely through COVID. And you had a lot of you had a lot of rules, you had a lot of new ways of doing business, and that was what the focus was on. It was as long as we can do an event, we'll do it any way we need to to manage the COVID experience or the ability to not have clients be fearful. So testing became important. And think about all the the waste, all the non sustainable things we did in testing. There was never medical waste at at a conference. Now you had a whole nother biohazard waste decision to make on on getting rid of all that, and it wasn't a sustainability. And, and by that, we're talking masks we're and We're talking things, masks, right? we're talking testing, we're talking gloves, all the things that never were really thought about at an event before that now had to be incorporated into event, additional signage, plastic, you know, dividers. So the need to get back to business outweighed sustainability but I do believe, and we talked about this even during that, there still was an understanding we need to think about it. So we may have lost some ground, 
but we didn't just throw our hands up and say it doesn't matter. We had to you know, live in the moment of what we were trying to do. And now as events have come back and the ability to do events in the current time, and this is June of 2020, just 2022, just to put it into perspective, it's really the supply chain. It's really the economy that is driving how we do events and how we prepare for events. Gas prices are going up. Wood prices are going up. Metal prices are going up. Labor is going up. Plastic and printing materials going up. Exactly. So it's not really that we have forgotten about sustainability, but once again, all we want to do is get back to the event business. Mm -hmm. And we have another hurdle as, as an industry to, to clear or several hurdles. So I think sustainability, again, part of the culture of doing events, but it, it's not going to be at the forefront of everything. You know, just like other things may not be at the complete forefront of the event management, but it's still part of the planning process. And as we look towards the future and we're planning our way out of these COVID times, maybe what's the current climate of sustainable initiatives and what appears to be our kind of break free from the pandemic? I truly see people want to get back to in-person live events. It is critical for our industry. I mean, virtual, hybrid are all, you know, all important, but the real events get done in person. And, you know, and we're an in-person event company, so I, I may offend some of my, my virtual uh, friends on that, but people like to connect. People like to be in contact with each other. So events are going to come back. The sustainability part will come back as well. It'll be a part of how we do events. And again, different, different clients, different uses, different needs. But it, it, it is here to stay. Sustainability is a necessity in order to do events right and to do our business correctly. We're chatting with Harvey Stern. He's the CEO of Destinations by Design. We're also chatting with Connie Barlow. She is the strategic planning manager at Destinations by Design. And we're talking about sustainability and more so how it pertains to different market drivers and the impact on our environment, on different social situations and economics as well. So I want to transition now into another really cool event that DBD did not too long ago. And it's kind of the perfect example of tying all three aspects of sustainability into one localized event that was here in the building. Harvey, you guys recently had the idea of coming up with a furniture sale. First of all, talk to me about where that idea came from and how does that pertain to this conversation we're having about sustainability? It initiated simply because of we didn't have enough space in the warehouse. You know, we had bought new furniture in December and we just had no more room. And there were pieces that we don't use anymore, whether they didn't fit the, you know, the current style that clients were asking for, or, you know, we used them for enough time that we felt that sending them out was not our, in our best quality interest. So these pieces had to go. And, and a lot of times we would just dispose of these pieces. But again, because of pandemic and because we, we were closed for, for a while and, and, you know, it's been a couple of years now, we probably had more pieces to dispose of than we might have if this was done on a, on a regular basis. So I would say probably 150 pieces, 200 pieces of furniture. And just for context, for someone who doesn't know, uh, how much warehouse space do you have and how much of that is kind of filled up by furniture? 
our building is 130,000 square feet. About 30,000 is the front, you know, sales, service, production uh, space, and then 100,000 is warehouse. So we probably dedicate a half. 40,000, 50,000 to our furniture. It's racked, 24 foot ceiling height. So it's it's fully enables our, our warehouse and, and then some. And roughly how many pieces are we talking, are we thinking? That we got rid of? That, that, that you guys have. have, yeah. I mean, Connie knows that <laughs> We have over 1,700 item types. And within those item types, we have anywhere from one to 10. Wow. So the, the need to dispose of this furniture became paramount to us. And, and yeah, we could have just thrown it away, although a lot of it was in really good shape. We could have done whatever with it. So the idea of, a, of an employee furniture sale came up. And the sale itself is not exciting, as I've been told, but, but here's what I, I do believe is, is, is exciting. We took all that furniture and we made it an exciting day for the employees. We had a coffee barista come out and we, you know, we did some fun food and beverage. We made it about the employees. So it wasn't about the furniture, it was about the employees. If you want this, come get it. We charge nominal, $20, $25 a piece. But what we did was we took that money that we raised and we didn't take it to DVD. We then asked the employees, what three charities would you donate this money to? And you know, they, we got a list. And what we did from that list is we chose three uh, local charities that you know dealt with food insecurity issues, women and, and children in need and support, and then an animal rescue and shelter. So by engaging the employees to then among these three say, I want my cost of the furniture to go to either all three of them or any one of them. They were empowered to then choose these three charities in which to, in which to support further. So it was just a great way to, to, to engage the employees and empower them. Tell me about what that does. This is furniture that's been bought by the company. It's been used by the company. Now it's being sold at a fraction of the price to your employees. And now you're outsourcing from the company to the community. Yeah, you're reaching out. You're, you're making what we've done, what our business is about, really about the community that we, we live and we work in. Being able to give back a lot of times is not something that a rental company thinks about. But you know, having been in positions where that's such an important part of the business model, we have to figure ways of giving back. And the furniture sale is a perfect way to create sustainability of that furniture to our employees, You know, the funds raised to charities within the city, and it just continues to create good outcomes. I'd love to know about the strategic element of this, making sure that you're developing these relationships with your employees. And I mean, it sounds like there's a strategy involved in doing that, and then also having more relationships with these nonprofits. Absolutely. Connie, strategy? I think in general, it's very important that your employees feel engaged and valued. And this was a way to to engage the employees in a different manner that our employees see these beautiful things going out and something as beautiful that, as that they may never even imagine that they could own. And here it was available for a nominal price and they were thrilled to pick it up. So... That is, that's an employee benefit that is difficult to replicate in any other, any other way. So there's the strategy of, of employee engagement and employee and valuing your employees. Hmm. And community engagement. And community you know, engagement. Finding a way to take that from the business to the employee and from the employee to the community. 
and eventually that community will support our business so it comes back full circle and, and that's sustainability in my opinion and have you seen it start to come back yet from this one event or is it something where more events like this need to be done to kind of keep developing that trust and developing that partnership one of the nonprofits that we supported it deals with food insecurity in the city and that company hired us to put on a, a fundraising gala for them so that was a, that was a great partnership where we were able to donate money towards their program or to them. And then they came back to us to do this gala. And because we have a, an ownership feeling, a, a feeling of connectedness with this particular nonprofit, our team really pulled it out and did some amazing things. Yeah, so I, I, I do think that sustainability circle, which is environmental, social, and the economics of sustainability plays out through a simple thing like an employee furniture sale. And I think the last question I have is from doing this employee furniture sale, what did you learn about your employees? And what did you learn about this event as you move forward and do more in the future? The thing that surprised me so much is how much fun they had looking at the furniture, picking it up, trying to fit it in their car. It was an event that was fun. An event that takes everyone, we did it outside in our yard. So it was outside their normal work area. They got to spend time talking to employees that they would normally talk about business. So the benefit that, that I saw was that we got to break the employees from what we asked them to do day in and day out as their job and engage them in something fun and different. And they also then had the ability to help others by getting something for themselves. And you know, when you can do that kind of win-win with your employees at work, when it's such a demanding environment, when it's such a fast-paced environment, to me, that really is a great outcome. And so I foresee many more furniture sales in the future. Being sustainable is, it is something that is integrity, it's your integrity. To make the sustainable choices is not about how it looks on the outside. A person of integrity, you do the right thing even when nobody's watching. I, w I would agree with that. I think that's so well said. And I think that that's the culture that you want to drive, right? You want to, you want to have people doing the right thing for the right reasons when no, one's, when no one cares that we're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Sustainability takes integrity. And it's something that not everyone will choose to do. And sometimes we have to think about what does sustainability cost us? Although sometimes it might take more time, and it might cost us a little more of a monetary value, what are we giving back to our community? And that's something that we were discussing and really thinking about today. I'd really love to thank Harvey Stern, the CEO of Destinations by Design, and Connie Barlow, the Strategic Planning Manager for Destinations by Design, for allowing us to continue this conversation on sustainability. Be sure to tune in next time. This is Destinations by Design.